Okay. Okay. Uh, my name is James. And my name is Matt. And you're listening to Brother. Uh, this week we are talking about uh, Lizard, which is uh, not an original Nintendo game, but certainly built to be like one. Yeah, it's trying very hard to be an original Nintendo game. Basically everything except for release date. Right. Uh, so it was kickstarted a while ago. Uh, I actually don't actually remember when development <laughs> started. Uh, I feel like it's been at least a few years now. Okay. Uh, I happened across it just looking through Kickstarter stuff to, to fund and it was a guy that I, I realized after the fact I'd seen a couple of his YouTube videos about like NES hardware stuff and like how, you know, how sprites got displayed. And like he made a cool little video at some point about how he found a glitch in like Star Tropics hmm. uh, that that got some. Anyway, so he he decided he was going to build a NES game since he'd been doing all this like ROM hacking type stuff. He would just make his own game. Uh-huh. Uh, and part of the deal with it was that he wanted to use just stuff that the NES was capable of. Mm-hmm. So his finished product is actually a ROM, essentially, that you can load on a cartridge and play on your original hardware if you want to. Right. Which is quite an accomplishment, I feel like. Yeah, a- that's super cool. I mean, I've I've never developed a Nintendo game. Mm-mm. And back in the day when people were developing Nintendo games, it took whole teams of people. So <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so he just got around to releasing it this year. Okay. Uh, he finished it up. And it. I don't know, uh, we've, been, we've been playing it over the we last We have been playing it. Or so. really mixed feelings about this game yeah we do um coming into it i was uh, really excited and kind of interested to see what it was like um so the game itself is a platform game right yeah it's a platformer you're a guy in a lizard suit uh-huh. i guess i think you might even just be a person in a lizard suit yeah because I, I think it, it randomly selects like hair and skin oh really to, yeah just every time you play or whatever huh yeah um, you go around, you jump from platform to platform, you avoid enemies or not sometimes. Right. And, um, you collect coins, which are used for something that I'm not sure. I hadn't figured it out either. Um, and, but the big mechanic is that each individual, uh, lizard has a different, like, uh, secondary ability. So the, uh, the lizard that you start out with, um, is the lizard of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, it can talk to things and read things, and that's it, I think. Yeah. Um, neither of those are useful abilities. As far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so you just sort of platform around. Um, you'll run into new lizards um, as you go, and then you. I, I guess there are bosses. I, spoilers, I didn't actually make much progress in this game. Um, I found it really difficult and frustrating. It was definitely both those things. <laughs> I made some progress in it, and by some progress, I mean I found ma- I found four of the lizards and two of the bosses, mm. and I beat one boss. Yeah. You can really, like, if you start at the start point and you run directly to, like, the water boss, you can beat it in under an hour, probably. Yeah. Like, it's not that far. It's just, like, knowing what you have to do to get to it mm-hmm. and being willing to go through the 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 level that's in the way yeah uh which is difficult yeah really difficult on purpose <laughs> <laughs> um so the other kind of mechanic that that's in it is a checkpoint mechanic right mm-hmm. um each time you tag a, they're like lanterns or something yeah like stone faces yeah um it'll it'll bind your character to respawn there yeah um which is a good idea um my issue is that the checkpoints I think were a little bit too few and far between. Yeah, I agree. Um So, I guess I mean, so when we were originally st- 
decided to do this episode um, before we actually started playing. Um, I wasn't I wasn't sure if there was enough um, gameplay or whatever to talk about. Um, it turns out that there isn't <laughs> uh, because it's really I mean you know it's supposed to be a Nintendo game. It's, it's supposed short to be sweet, yeah. simplistic, um, and there isn't really even a story um, to speak of that I ever encountered. Yeah. Um, so you can't really approach it from that way. So um, our idea was to find other Nintendo games that exemplified or also um, showed elements of Lizard in it th- in in their own game play, and see if uh, see if that worked as a better example of what 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 I felt or what we felt like the designer was going for. Yeah. Um, and sort of do a compare and contrast. Right. And actually, really, to that end, I think after looking through old games that we were familiar with, I don't think that there's anything... Like, Lizard isn't really, like, a better or worse version of anything. Like, it's definitely... It's taking a lot of uh, cues from other games. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it's, like... It's trying to be Castlevania, but Castlevania was a better <laughs> Castlevania. You know, right. it's not that kind of situation. Yeah. Um. The, the the games, let's see, the three games that we came up with were Boy and His Blob, mm-hmm. uh, Legacy of the Wizard, mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Uh, Little Nemo. Nemo. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I feel like I could almost even cut, cut Boy and His Blob out of that. Yeah. It it's was the least close. It was, <clears throat> it was the only other sort of uh, sandbox um, sort of... Ex- uh, expression of that idea that yeah. i could think of for the nintendo but other than that it, you're right it doesn't really show share a lot of dna uh it does have so all three of those games have essentially a defenseless protagonist yeah right you're unarmed uh and boy in his blob you know you're 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 armed by proxy basically because uh-huh. you know the blob does whatever you tell him to but even mm-hmm. then you're not really fighting a lot until the point where it turns into that true true um, um Except for, I would say, I mean, Legacy of uh, the, Wizard the Wizard yeah. is pretty combat heavy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Little Nemo has the concept of, like, wearing animals, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that. I mean, even to the point where there is a lizard character mm-hmm. in Little Nemo. And there is definitely a point where you find, like, the lizard sitting on a flat, rocky like altar looking thing uh-huh. uh, which is kind of the same way you discover and approach lizards in the yeah. lizard game so yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know if that's a direct quote or not but it seems pretty similar <laughs> it seems like it it's a similar enough mechanic that it it would be hard to imagine two separate people coming to that yeah. conclusion one especially like of each other this brad smith is the name of the developer and it seems like he is pretty like deep into that yeah uh area so mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm sure he's doubtless aware of it <laughs> Um, I guess, so maybe, um, maybe the easiest way to tackle this, uh, format wise is to sort of dig in to what, um, what we felt like were not, what, what were most frustrating or, or not helpful in the game. Um, and then we can kind of come to a general conclusion. Okay. Um, my main... Well, I don't know about main. Um, I had a, I had quite a few issues with it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, so like we mentioned, the the checkpoints are a nice addition, uh, but they're not as as um uh, as frequent as I would like. Yeah. Um, I felt like a lot of times I would get through a particularly tough section. And then, like, I wanted a checkpoint, and there wasn't one for a couple of right. screens. Yeah. Um, specifically, uh, there's a lot of the game. Um, there's like so the the map of the game is like sp- split up into sections that are kind of themed, mm-hmm. uh, but surrounding the uh, the place where you start is kind of like a big open area with a lot of like pitfalls and a lot of platforms and i felt like a lot of times i would like get through like a climbing section that was like three screens long and then i would get to the next screen and die 
and then I have to start all the way at the bottom of that and do that each time. Yeah. Um, and that's really frustrating. And like arduous climbing sections of like, you have to be really precise about how you jump. You have to be really precise about how you avoid enemies. Yeah. And sometimes it even makes a difference. Like, did, what was this the time that the enemy randomly decided to charge versus jump away? Right. You know, like it's sometimes you feel like you don't even know what you were supposed to do in that situation. Yeah. And the next time you get it and you're like, I don't know if I really earned that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to that end, I think this game doesn't do a really good job of flagging what is dangerous for you and what isn't. Yeah. Um, so like one of the first things I came across was a panda mm-hmm. and you can talk to it and it says something I don't remember. Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> um, it'll kill you if you run into it. Right. It won't kill you if you jump on top of it. Right. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. Um, no. Because, uh, I mean, like, the way I experienced it, and potentially the way lots of people are going to experience it, is that's the first thing that you run into in the game. Right. So, the next thing that you run into in the game, you think you're probably going to be able to jump on it, right? Yeah. That, But that's not the case. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it teaches you a weird lesson. Because actually, the pandas are hardly i mean like the pandas did you find the penguins i don't think so you can jump on penguin heads and then after a while they get flustered and hit you off but i and there's like what there's a little shell enemies that have little like crawly legs underneath them you can jump on them but it doesn't it doesn't really tell you why you should be able to like there isn't a good design philosophy or something right. that's, that's communicating that. I don't like, think. I mean, compared to something like, and I know this is kind of the unfair golden standard, but <laughs> like, think about something like super Mario. Like yeah. the first things that you encounter are things that you can jump on. Right. Um, the only other time you encounter something, you can't jump on it. it. It's because it looks like you can't jump on it. It has spikes on it. Uh-huh. It's on fire. It's got right. giant it has teeth. teeth. Yeah. You, you know, those are all very clear. Uh, signs whereas in this like it's just some things you can jump on but most things you can't right it's also got the blue frogs versus green frogs thing oh my god which blue frogs are tiny they're like they take up about like six pixels yeah and you die instantly well i mean you okay so you get killed in one hit regardless in this game so you die instantly when you touch them it's easy to just run straight through them and then yeah Well, especially because, I mean, in in uh, comparison to what a lot of the sort of... It's not like a cluttered background, but uh, there is no. like little uh, pieces of scenery on the, yeah. f- on the ground floor. Um, and it's very easy for that scenery to overlap a blue frog. Yeah, totally. And just, you know, too bad. Right. Their movement is also sort of unpredictable. At yeah. least, like, could you figure out any sort of way to... It seemed like most of the time, if you move towards them, they jump away from you. Right. But not reliably. Right. And sometimes they jump away and then jump right back, too. Yeah. I, I tried for a bit to figure out if, like, was I supposed to, like, jump at them or was I supposed to, like, walk up close to them and just wait, like, mm-hmm. stand right there until they're done jumping or what? But, yeah. like, yeah. Too many times of me running, like, straight through them or jumping and then they jump and then I yeah. end up dead anyway. Yeah. Which, of course, ties back into the fact that there aren't enough checkpoints. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, like, I, I think the different lizard mechanic is really cool yeah um i didn't know for the longest time that you could take lizards out of screens that you find them in really yeah um (laughs) so the way that it's set up is like when you enter a screen with a lizard it's like on a little platform you walk up to it your guy like snakes out of his lizard (laughs) and then snakes into the other one um and then there's usually just like a uh, like maybe one more screen yeah. before it dead ends. And it's usually where you can use whatever yeah, ability yeah. you've just picked up from the lizard. Which is cool. Uh, but then like if you just walk straight out of that, your guy's just going to get up and out and back right. into the original lizard. Right. And it wasn't until I realized that you could actually like jump over the other one yeah. that I, I considered that you might be able to take them around. Right. Um, which I guess is okay. Um, but then, like, so you don't have any good 
good way to keep track of where lizards are um, and right. and what like well, yeah just keep track of where they are um, there is a map that you, that's on one of the like level screens yeah. that you can get to and look at um, but it just shows you like a scenery map it doesn't yeah. It's have, pretty abstract. Yeah, it doesn't have any information or anything on it, um, which is... And I mean, like, not that it's misleading. It's just very, very simplified. Right. And once you leave that screen, you never get to see the map again, basically. Yeah. So yeah. you can't tell where you are down the road mm-hmm. or how to find your way back to places. Right. If you leave your lizard somewhere and want to come back for it, you basically just have to remember or map it yourself. Yeah. Which I ended up being unwilling to do. Yeah, I mean, and and that kind of gets into, like, I understand that at some point um, when I was a kid, I had a lot more patience for a frustrating or unfriendly video game mechanics than I do now. Um, But that doesn't necessarily strengthen the game at all. Yeah. And so that that's maybe a good time to mention sort of, I think like a good conclusion we came to is that this game is a really good, like it, it fits in amongst like late 80s Nintendo platforming games for yeah. sure. Like it, it feels like it belongs there, mm-hmm. but there's like good and bad parts to that, especially in the sense that like, you know, like we used to make like maps of Metroid yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, because like that's kind of fun, but also we had no choice. Right. And when you get to uh, Super Metroid, you're finally like, oh, wow. Like it's so it's keeping a map for me. Right. This is so nice. And I don't really necessarily think that takes away from the game. I think that actually made it better. Yeah, like, definitely. Having the game keep track of your map for you is an mm-hmm. innovation. But unfortunately, in order to make this game... The developer had to set aside a lot of those innovations. Yeah. So map tracking and like objective stuff is is one of those things that just couldn't be there apparently. Yeah, and to be fair, like I can't off the top of my head. Well, did the first Legend of Zelda have a map? Like an overworld map? Yeah. Well, it had a dungeon map. Yeah. It actually had a dungeon map that worked pretty like traditionally like that fills out as you explore it Mm -hmm. and has like uh like key items marked on it i want to say maybe yeah or locations at least i guess it tells you where the boss is yeah and maybe something else and the key to get the oh wait no that's link to the past (laughs) uh yeah but yeah but yeah that sort of stuff it, it, it would give you it would uh, fill out the map as you explore it I mm-hmm. think it would mark where the boss was if you got the compass yeah I think uh, you're right about that yeah so I mean like something like that might I mean would certainly be a helpful system to have even if it was like because each each like section like I said is themed you know there's like a water section a, mm-hmm. a forest section right you know even if those all had their own individual maps that would help that would be helpful um i don't again like not a programmer so i don't know what that (laughs) entails or if that would have been possible but um yeah and and then like so it's not it's not an additive piece of work right it's a it's specifically a period piece and actually that's that's a good question do you think it did anything like to contribute to the progress of the like platformer exploration kind of genre no not really um, i mean because well so like um i think specifically in this uh situation legacy of the wizard is a good uh counterpoint yeah so legacy of the wizard is a uh, is a big sandbox game uh you have a choice of like six different characters each of them has slightly different um, abilities and is able to use different um, items that you can pick up in the world. Right. Uh, but specifically thinking about um, survivability. Yeah. Um, in that game, you have like 
I don't know, 100 hit points I think or it's something, 100, yeah. which doesn't directly correlate to 100 hits, but right. is certainly more than one. Yeah. Um, and even with characters that aren't very strong, you can make a fair amount of progress without dying. Yeah. Um, there are also built-in ways to refill your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's inns you can stay at and healing items you can pop if you need to. Right. Um, so, like, while that, you know, ex- exploration-wise and trying to figure out what's going on-wise, that's kind of a similar experience to Lizard. It's much less frustrating, at least for me, because you don't end up dying and replaying stuff so right. much. That's actually one of the things that I I really that feels really unfortunate. I feel like Lizard's if the main point of Lizard, and I don't know, maybe this is making an assumption, but I don't think so. The main point is to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really given any objective. Right. You're just put in the world and given the means to navigate the world. So what else can you do but explore it, right? Yeah. Um but unfortunately, it's I feel like it's so punishing difficulty-wise. Mm-hmm. The save points being few and far between. Uh, the lizard abilities, like, they don't really, they're not like, they're not like Mega Man abilities. Right. We're like, oh, like, now you have, you know, the homing missile thing, so you can shoot those guys that were really hard to get to before. Mm-hmm. Or, like, now you have the, you know, rock thing, so you can drop straight down on the guys that were tough to deal with because they were underneath of you. Like, yeah. it's none of that. It doesn't really help you survive any better. It's, yeah. It just it's gives you access. Specifically, yeah, designed to help you progress through a specific area. Yeah. And so what you're sort of stuck in is a situation where the point, like the game, the point of the game, the objective supposedly is to explore, but the difficulty and the mechanics of the game almost punish you for doing that. Yeah. You know, you end up thinking like, well, you know, I see there's a coin over there and I could make, I could probably make those like six tough jumps and then dodge that guy to get to it. But it's also been, you know, six screens since I've seen a checkpoint. Right. And there's no way I'm going to risk that. Yeah. So it's it's like it doesn't it doesn't do enough to encourage you to do the thing that it actually wants you to do, which is yeah. weird to me. Yeah, I agree. And even, you know, I the probably like the oddest jumping back to Leg- Legacy of the Wizard, the oddest thing that Legacy of the Wizard does is add fall damage. Which yeah. Is bizarre because you fall all the goddamn time right? in that game. Uh, even that's not as punishing no um as this as lizard is which is strange yeah um but i think i think that's actually a really good point is that the the game um really doesn't reward exploration like at all no uh the only thing you could possibly get out of i mean you're taking a huge risk with no reward basically right, right? and like we, the coins don't actually give you anything other than completionist points as far as I know. Okay. You know, you can't, there's no shop. Mm-hmm. Maybe they unlock something towards the end, but I, uh. yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I understand that the, like the li- li- lizard of knowledge is supposed to be like your default character. Yeah. But so so talking to things doesn't get you anything as far as i know no reading the stone tablets doesn't actually get you things except for jokes yeah yeah as far as i could tell anytime i read one of the stone tablets it looked like something like a chunk of some bigger piece of work that was just cropped out wholesale without any punctuation yeah so i mean i never tried like stringing any of them together but the ones that i read um, looked like they were like joke maintenance yeah. uh, suggestions for taking care of your lizard. Right. Which is like funny. Yeah. Like, but. But, yeah. <laughs> but is it enough to keep you going? Right. Through screen upon punishing screen of instant well, deaths. Right. And then, and then on top of that, like, so there, I came across ones that are placed outside of being close proximity to the opening area yeah so are you ever going to take the lizard of knowledge to that yeah, place like you're supposed to survive that long to, to read that thing that's yeah. just a joke right probably yeah. not yeah that's weird. <laughs> how many uh how many different lizard abilities did you i only found two so i found okay. the one that could uh swim and i found the one that could bounce okay uh the only other one i found besides that was the surf okay and we both found knowledge because that's yes. default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, 
Well, and so, okay, so the deal is there are six different lizards. Uh huh. And each lizard allows you access to one boss. Yeah. And I don't have any idea what happens after you beat all the bosses because we're never going to find that out. Right. <laughs> uh, d- so did you, you didn't find any of the bosses though? No, I didn't actually find, find the boss. Um, the only uh, special stage or uh, power specific stage that I found was the underwater one that you have to like swim up that s- three screen long waterfall yeah. to get to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh well, so the way the boss battles work is kind of interesting since there's no, you don't have any offensive capabilities in this yeah. game. I know that there's a lizard of fire that yeah. I think you can breathe fire with. I never got to use it and it wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't actually affect the enemies. Yeah. Uh, I think you can use it to melt ice blocks. Yeah. Um, but once you have the right lizard with the right ability that allows you access to the boss area, mm-hmm. uh, like a big rainbow portal opens up and you can jump through it and the boss is there. In some cases, not in all cases. Anyway, okay. uh, so like the, the water one was the one that I fought and beat that's like a little octopus. It has a clutch of eggs on one side of the screen and it basically, it just goes through its move pattern where it like goes down, picks up an egg goes up to the top of the screen, tries to like shoot it at you. And then like it tries to dive at you and you have to keep dodging it. And there's like, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh huh. So all you're really doing is waiting until the boss is over. Hmm. You don't have any like particular interactive stuff you can do with it. Like there's nothing you can do to really speed it up. Mm -hmm. There's not really a lot of execution involved other than just dodging its attacks until the battle is over. Okay. So, and I, I got like maybe partway through the surf boss. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was like the same sort of deal. So I, I think that's probably what most of the bosses work like. Right. Um, huh. So kind of like the, uh, like the Mario three Bowser fight a little bit. Yeah. Where you just have to wait until he smashes through all the blocks. Right. Although even then, I mean, you're kind of choosing which blocks he smashes yeah, by where true. you are. And if you bring the fire flower, you can use that to kill him. You yeah. Know? Like, it's still... Mario, at least, is actively engaging with Bowser. Uh, in Lizard, you're just basically, like, running away from the boss until the battle's over. That's, huh. that's pretty much it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it does have one particularly interesting mechanic that I actually like a lot, which is when you die, everything on the screen keeps happening. So if you're in the middle of a boss and you die, you can just sit back and watch the boss play out its entire, like, sequence. Hmm. Uh, so, like it does do a pretty good job of letting you know like oh you died to this and if you watch a couple times like this is how it works Interesting. so next time you can try and make more progress on it huh so that's that's a neat idea yeah um but it's again like because of the circumstances of how difficult the game is uh it's it can be so much of a hassle even just to get back to the boss to try that out right uh with the with the octopus um, there's a save point right outside. Mm. Um, so even if you die, you can jump right back into the room and, and try again. That's good. And I even remember reading one of his, like, uh, one of the developers updates on Kickstarter about how he had decided to make sure that there was going to be a checkpoint outside of every boss area. Uh-huh. It's not actually true with the surf boss though, oh. or it kind of is depending on how you want to read it. So, <laughs> so the way the surf sequence works is, uh, the Lizard of Surf allows you to, like, skip along the top of water like a rock. Like okay. A, like a, st- a skipping a stone on the uh-huh. surface of a pond. Uh, so you manage to find one area where you can, like, skip off onto a river. And then it turns into, like, the Battletoads, like, hyper racing, hyper racing hover cart right, right, craft right, right. thing, that whole sequence. You basically do that for a bit. Hmm. So, you know, oh, there's a rock coming at you. You have to get out of the way. Right. Oh, now there's a log. You have to jump over it. And like, oh, now there's a bunch of rocks, but you can jump off this ramp. Uh, and it actually, I, I, one other thing that he mentioned at some point was that every game should have a surfing level. Hmm. I don't know if I Incorrect. agree, man. Like, Incorrect. <laughs> it's definitely one of my least favorite parts of Battletoads. And, and I, I mean, like for a game that's well reputed for being incredibly difficult and punishing yeah i think generally accepted as like the worst part of those games yeah right or any side scrolling beat em up like yeah they do it in uh the the arcade uh teenage mutant ninja turtles also and it's right. not good in that yeah well they're even like castle crashers kind of does a little bit of a reference to that a yeah. few times 
but Castle Crashers is a modern game yeah. and has learned the lessons that modern games have from right. old games, you know, so it handles it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And the deal with that with that surf boss is the path to the boss is this whole surfing mini game mm-hmm. and you fight the boss still in that same interface. Okay. So the boss, you know, pops up and then like uh, Loch Ness monsters his way towards you and pops up somewhere else and, you know, maybe barrels fall down the stream at the same time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's no save point before that happens. Oh. So basically, like, there's a save point at the edge of the water. Every time you die to the boss, you have to do the whole surfing sequence over yeah. again. So I guess that, I don't know, like, the developer developer could probably argue that that boss encounter includes the whole surfing sequence before it. Right. But it's still it's still terrible. Like, I, I wouldn't mind fighting the boss over and over again. It's just that there's this whole surf minigame before it that... I was tired of as soon as I saw it and like going through it again and again and again before I even get a chance to fight the boss. Yeah. Is super frustrating. Well, so in, in that interface, does it like switch perspectives or are you? Yeah. St- okay. It's so, so it's, um, I mean, it's still basically side scrolling, but you're moving like in two dimensions on a plane. Right. You know? Okay. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. It's, it's handled. Okay. Mm hmm. But, so this actually kind of leads me into another thing I wanted to mention about this game. Okay. Is that I didn't feel like it was it was very good at letting you feel like you had mastered the controls and you could settle into it. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't... Because even like... I think of stuff like... I don't know, like Super Metroid or like uh, um, Hollow Knight. Yeah. Or other recent sort of good platformers that I've played. At some point, you start to feel real comfortable with it. Yeah. And be like, oh, like, you know, I know what that guy does. I know mm-hmm. how to get from there to there. I can gauge that distance. Now, if I can jump. Mm-hmm. I never really felt like I got there with this game. And it might be because I didn't play it for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but I don't know. But then again, like, it. it I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the right off the bat, the the way that the character itself moves is less than ideal. Yeah. Um, you know, like in in most games, when you run or when you're moving, you build up momentum. You can jump to move farther, or you can stand and jump. But with Lizard, it's really slippery. It is. So, like, you can tap forward. And you'll you sort of slide a little bit, yeah. And then, like, if you are moving forward while you're jumping, you also slide when you land a little bit, yeah. Um, and there is a uh, there's a difficulty setting on the game, um, but the only difference is how fast you move, which doesn't actually make the game any easier. Well, and it's not even just you; it's the entire game. Yeah. So the entire game happens at two thirds speed. Yeah. That's it. It's just a slower version of the normal game. Which, I mean, I, I feel like if you're having issues with how the game handles, like, right. that doesn't fix it. Yeah, it wasn't that it was coming at me too <laughs> fast. It was that it's it feels too inexact yeah. compared to other games I've been playing. Right, and, and I feel like the game itself demands more precise movements, right. but doesn't give you the ability to do that with ease. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, it's it's not even necessarily about moment to moment knowing like oh this thing happens I have to react immediately because you can't react immediately everything right. happens sort of slowly or builds up to it or whatever yeah so it's actually it's more about anticipating it mm-hmm. and then which is I don't know is tough to do well, makes it, it makes it feel really unresponsive yeah and like again like feeds back into that like if you have to be anticipating everything you do, everything kills you in one hit. Right. Um, like the game wants you to explore, but punishes you for exploring. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of like really harsh mechanics that feed into it. Just not being a very fun experience. I yeah. feel like, yeah. Um, even, you know, and it's, it's funny. Um, while we were doing this, I, I went back and played a little bit of uh, demon sword. Mm-hmm. which is not really the same kind of game at all, but it is similarly difficult in that it's odd in its articulation. It's yeah. not a traditional like platforming side scroller, but I got to like, I died, you know, three or four or five times 
And then once I understood what the game wanted me to do, yeah. or at least what I felt like the game wanted me <laughs> to do, then I then I could play it and I beat it. Like, right. That's kind of what I'm talking... Like, I never feel like I got to that point at Lizard. Yeah. Like, you never feel like you're ahead of the curve. Right. Even if you manage... The thing... Like, even if you manage to pull off a particularly difficult series of jumps, even over several screens... Your only reward at the end of that is another set of difficult, confounding puzzles <laughs> right, yeah. and no save points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't really even have any like downtime sections so much. Not really. Like, the areas around the beginning area are kind of like that, but but once you're out into the game proper, like it's really just go time until yeah, you get bored with the game and give up. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and I think. I mean, there's a little bit of a silver lining to that because it means it's a game that's easy to play just a little bit of. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know if that like says something about about like how I manage my time as an adult now as opposed <laughs> to a kid. Like I like games that give me an excuse to like just play a little bit sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But even that is really like looking for the best in a bad situation. <laughs> well, so now that's an interesting point. What? What if it was a mobile game? Yeah. You think it would be a pos- more positive experience? It might be. So, like, you know, you're waiting for the bus, and you're like, oh, I've got a minute to kill. Let's, you know, try and power through this yeah. lizard section. Maybe. Um, I feel like the sort of, like, fudgy controls would be a little more forgivable yeah. if I was using, like, on-screen touchscreen controls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And it might be a little easier to deal with, oh, like, uh, I tried that twice and I didn't do it, so I'm going to switch to something else. Like, yeah. It's easier. It's an easier thing to do on a phone than it is on your computer. Yeah. Because, so, this is something that I've kind of run into uh, since, um, specifically, I've noticed it because uh, the 3DS ends up getting a lot of, like, console ports and stuff. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> something I've become sort of more aware of as I've played more uh handheld games versus like um like console or sit down experiences is that like really with a with a console game you generally speaking are expecting to invest at least an hour if not more yeah per session yeah yeah um whereas with like a mobile thing you might you know you might be watching tv and also playing a game mm-hmm. but more often than not you're out going around doing stuff so like those sessions are a lot shorter right and and they don't need to be as engaging mm-hmm. um so whereas something something that like you know like lizard where you can't or we couldn't you know <laughs> muster the uh the patience or uh you know the interest to to play it over and over until yeah you know we beat it on on a phone like like i said if i was just like waiting for the bus or something like i could see like just pulling that out and like, yeah dicking around with it that's true i think that's uh that's fairly insightful maybe yeah. it would work a lot better as a mobile game i i i think um to really make it work well um specifically for uh, specifically for mobile i i think it would be a better choice to save screen to screen but yeah um Uh, yeah it definitely would it would be a better choice for for regular (laughs) gameplay too (laughs) and to be fair and to be fair like um this game does keep track of your progress yeah um when you quit out of it um it does have a built-in password system Mm -hmm. um but like at least for the um pc version if you quit out of it, it'll remember where you are. Yeah. And the password system works pretty much exactly like Metroid's. Yeah. Like, it tells you where, you, what screen you start in and what abilities or what, what, you, have? what you have. Yeah. Mm. thoughts on the music i yeah i remember not disliking the music but also don't it it didn't seem memorable to me yeah yeah it would be it would be hard to hum it 
Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't sort of have that earworm Mm -hmm. quality that a lot of older games seems like they had. And I don't know too, if that's again, because we, we can't really stand to play it for that long. Cause like (laughs) if you're sitting down playing, you know, double dragon for four hours, right. Then maybe it gets stuck in your head a little bit easier. But I think, I think this music is more minimalist. Yeah. And like, it's sort of, it sort of fits into the background really nicely and doesn't ever come out, you know, to, to make itself known that much. Right. There's, there's, uh, there's a theme that I like that he uses uh, when you find the lizard rooms that sounds sort of like bloopy and bubbly and uh-huh. reminds me of Metroid a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so that's kind of cool. There's a, there's the one, uh, did you find the, um, the cliff that has like the long sort of falling pitch at the beginning of it? I don't think so. At the beginning. Okay. I think that was my favorite theme. Um, yeah, which we could probably we could insert that. Yeah, probably. right now. Maybe you're listening to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, co- uh, competent music, but nothing stand out. And honestly, I think that for me has a lot to do with how engaged it, with the game I was. Yeah. So after a while, like I was honestly like just putting it on mute and listening to something else, or no, like me listening too. to a podcast or something. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to do something to supplement the experience. <laughs> right. Uh, because, yeah, uh, the game isn't, it, it just wasn't engaging enough for yeah. me to, to to want to engage with it all the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I do, uh, I watched an interesting video the other day. A guy was criticizing, like, lazy game music composers who think that whenever there's like a snow level, whenever there's a winter level, it has to have sleigh bells in it. (laughs) Uh, And that it's just become this really big, sort of like using papyrus font. Yeah. You know, like once you, once you notice it, you start to notice it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I will say uh, to Mr. Smith's credit, he did not use sleigh bells in his ice level. Nice. So that's nice. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, That said, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't hum the ice tune. So I don't know. Um, and and again, I wonder if a lot of that is like I I remember um, like a lot of music from Nintendo games when we were growing up. I wonder if that's mostly just nostalgia based. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, because like you could objectively say that something like Conquest of the Crystal Palace or like you know Kirby's Nightmare have good soundtracks. They really do. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, uh. Demon Sword is actually a good, um, mm-hmm. a good example. Like I remember that soundtrack being really good. Yeah, and it's not bad. Right. But like, like there's not a lot of music, and it's really repetitive. It loops a lot. Like yeah. it's maybe ten seconds of com- composition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's the same boss theme every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like the same music for every two stages yes they're in pairs in like three or four levels so yeah so there there really is there's like four unique level themes one item theme one boss theme right and then a mini boss yeah oh yeah that's right bosses but that's it yeah um oh and the the music when you're running after the eagle oh yeah or watching it fly away or whatever yeah um and the ending theme. Yeah. And the title theme. Let's not talk too much about this. <laughs> this is now turned into a Demon's That's Sword right. podcast. Point um. is, there have been other games that we've liked the soundtrack better. Um, and I think coming back to it, like, it wasn't as good as I remembered. Yeah. So, like, I, I've definitely listened to, like, Conquest of the Crystal Palace or Kirby's Nightmare, like, since... Yeah. Then and still been like, oh wow, this is you know really good, right? Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Some of the it it might be a little nostalgia and a little yeah. bit just objective goodness. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, and like Legacy of the Wizard, I don't really super remember. I mean, like the music sounded familiar replaying it a yeah. little bit, but like again, I couldn't hum any of it. Yeah. Conquest of the Crystal Palace is burned into my head. So is Boy and His Blob. Right. Boy and His Blob only Boy, has two tracks, two right? Two songs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe four. Maybe, like, the title, 
the regular world blobalonia and the end fight yeah or the ending of it yeah <laughs> and really you know that's being generous because the main <laughs> the the regular music for most of the game is just like a continuation of the t- or a rearrangement of the yeah. title screen yeah and actually i noticed that a little bit in lizard also oh, yeah like he does kind of have a main theme that he sticks with that gets kind of sped up for some areas and slowed down Mm -hmm. and like in some of it it sort of defines what the baseline is sometimes it's just like a little fiddly bit like Mm. in the the upper range or whatever that's cool that's yeah that is cool i like that attention to detail Mm Oh, did you ever use the... Uh, so this is interesting because it's got uh, what I think of as backwards controls for running. Okay. So in Mario, which is kind of like what defined what running means in video games, yeah. I think, uh, you hold down a button to run. Mm-hmm. But in this game, you hold down a button not to run. Oh. So you can actually hold the down arrow and you'll walk. And it'll also help, like, when you land, you'll lose a lot of that momentum instead of slipping immediately. Uh, I didn't know that at all. Oh, yeah. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> that might, maybe they said something about that in the, in like the little tutorial screen that shows yeah. the controls, but I don't think it does a very good job. Mm. Um, and again, maybe it says it in the manual. Right. Uh, that we kind of only found after we had already played the game a bunch. Yeah. And I guess that's a, actually probably a good thing to touch on really briefly is, um, you know, we, um, in our current culture, ra- rather to my dismay, uh, but it's not <laughs> important. I'm not like shaming other people. Um, I, we've, we've gotten away from instruction manuals. Yeah. Um, so what that means for us as like current gamers is everything is in the game. Yeah. Everything you need to play is in the game. Right. But like in Nintendo and even like Super Nintendo games, although not as much, um, like, really since they were on a big crunch for space you know as far as what you can do with a cartridge like a lot of supplemental information had to be put into the manuals yeah um and so that's i mean like you know um like legacy of the wizard is a good example again like there's not much in the game itself no um but if you go into the manual it'll first of all tell you what the story is um it'll tell you each of the character's strengths and weaknesses and then what what, the items do yeah what the (laughs) items do and what specific character can use what item yeah um so or i mean like i even remember uh like with final fantasy uh legends two and Mm three like there was maybe a third of the game's worth of walkthrough in yeah. the in the manual yeah for sure <laughs> so like you know and and that's uh i think we were texting back and forth like a week <laughs> ago like that's something i really felt like the game was missing was like a supplemental thing yeah or like even like an opening like opening screen crawl yeah like, you know something that would be like hey you're a lizard right boop, 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 boop. Oh, lizard friend, don't fall into the hole. I'll go after you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and again, like, we don't know, you know, what kind of size he was working with. Maybe, like, a lot of the stuff took up a lot of space. So Mm -hmm. there just wasn't room for that. Um, And then later you had emailed me the manual, which is useful. Yeah. But I don't feel like it did anything for the game yeah i like it told me what the other lizards was and right were and that's about it yeah which really even just just tells you that there are other lizards like it lets you know if you've how many out of the total you've found yeah it doesn't really tell you how to find them mm-hmm. or much of anything i think it says what they <laughs> do too cause yeah I, I, I specifically remember reading about the fire breathing one right um but so maybe and and that's something you had to like dig out of your Kickstarter uh information yeah, stuff. It's it's something so uh it's it's hosted on Itchio mm-hmm. and 
it's a separate download from okay. the game binary. So like it doesn't come in the same folder as the rest yeah, of the game I, stuff. I, I mean, like I paid for a separate copy of it um, and it definitely doesn't come no. in it, which it's, is weird. It's awfully weird. <laughs> like you'd think that would be bundled with it. Yeah. And I, I assume a printed out version comes with the cartridge. I, I hope, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, also, it's not like other contemporary, like what we're imagining to be this game's contemporaries, <laughs> uh, didn't have a little bit of explanation of gameplay in game. Yeah. So in the same way, th- there is some level design stuff that's like, you know, the first level of Mario is kind of the one that everyone throws up all the time. It's like, oh, like the first enemy you run into uh-huh. is a Goomba and it only moves left to right. It kills you if you run into it. You can jump on it, and like the level is designed to almost like trick you into accidentally jumping on it, so right. you can tell that that's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like Lizard definitely has some of that attention to detail. Yeah. Um, but you could, I, I think, I even want to say the first Zelda game had a little in-game display that told you like that's what this thing is, that's what this thing is. Like that's like the different items, what they do. Mm. Like if you wait on the title screen. Oh, right. Kind of like an arcade style. (laughs) Yeah. Like like a lot like an arcade style one. Yeah. I think you might be right. Or like, like Pac-Man, like this is what the different ghosts are. This (laughs) is blinky. Eat fruit. Get the thing. (laughs) Eat ghosts. Uh You know, like even just that little level of something wouldn't be out of place for the time period that he's trying to hit and might've made it a little easier to get in right at the beginning. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, you know, not that I want to tout another sort of standout example of, you know, early video games, but Castlevania 3 has a full-blown intro cutscene. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> you just wait long enough, and it, it has, like, that cool, like, film reel style right. like, text crawl and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does. It does feel like you get really just dropped into the middle of things, and then yeah. you have to figure out what to do for yourself. Um, and it's not even again, it's not, it's not necessarily that that's what ruins it. It's just kind of like that on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a sort of a confluence or if that's the right word, perhaps of, of like outdated, um, ideas or design philosophies that don't feel good to revisit. Right. Yeah. Like it's not like, it's not like that's not in style Mm -hmm. anymore. In the same way that like, oh, like, you know, afros aren't big the way they used to be or something. It's not like that. It's more like... Weed is so much stronger now. <laughs> right. No, it's more like we realize that there were health problems from afros <laughs> and now we're trying not to have them. We've developed different hairstyles <laughs> that are better, uh-huh. <laughs> strictly speaking. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and having like screen by screen is that a, wait wait can we back up is that a real thing <laughs> no <can't> oh okay <laughs> i was, I was thinking really of worried like, for uh, a second like like 70s disco afro okay. like you know you don't really see people rocking that anymore. that's true <laughs> it's like smoking you know yeah. it would be like you know doctors used to think smoking was good for you right now they don't it would be like if you know doctors came out and were like hey but wait a minute. Right. Maybe what if smoking smoking cool is again? kind of good for Remember you. Remember when we could smoke and not worry about it? Like <laughs> that is kind of what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and really, I mean that, that article or that, uh, that example works. Cause obviously there are people that would still smoke, but right. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I, I, I mean, like I said, I completely respect the effort that went into it. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that it was just, like, one guy that did the whole thing. Like, that's right. incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if, you know, such, such complete adherence to uh, genre or game type or feel is necessarily good or worth it yeah i think it's it's really because if if you're trying to look at it from the standpoint of like did this game succeed yes like did he meet his objective i can i can only imagine like yeah if you wanted to make that kind of legit Mm -hmm. old style game that's like recognizably in that area like he succeeded in that but like did he make a good game yeah by today's standards i don't think so yeah or at least he made a game that would have very, very, very limited appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that anyone coming off of modern games and playing this one would, 
I don't know if they would recognize it as outdated. Like the pixely graphics would probably help with that. Right. Um, but they'd certainly recognize it as like frustrating and very like unreward, like all the things that we complain about, you yeah. know, like it would have all those problems that stem from, you know, design decisions that he made in pursuit of the old way of doing things when really like we found a new way of doing things that mm-hmm. seems like it works better, yeah. makes games more accessible for people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So like you could start someone out on Mario and again, like that's maybe not an entirely fair <laughs> comparison because Mario is like the classic, but uh, it'd be easier for someone to sit down and get into Mario or legacy of the wizard even yeah. than it would listen, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, maybe that's an interesting, I wonder if, uh, if lizard is really aimed specifically at people that used to play Nintendo games versus I think Nintendo games be. <laughs> being aimed at just whoever's going to buy it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's kind of a good revelation. I think so. Cuz I mean like it's not just it's not just like Mario. Mario is obviously the easy example, but right. like there's tons of other you know, I mean like Kirby, right. uh Castlevania, Eight Eyes. Eight Eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh plenty of other like side scrolling uh, platforming games that right are at least consistent in their control, even mm-hmm. if they're difficult, you know. Yeah, or even like think about ones that were actually even seen as like Mega Man Two or whatever, like mm-hmm. that had some really notoriously difficult parts. But the game itself, I mean, it was just it didn't feel like it was punishing you, you know. Right. Well, and you know, <laughs> specifically Mega Man Two, I think is kind of considered the paragon of yeah. the the classic Mega Man series. Right. So, what about do you want to say anything about the graphics in particular? Um, I don't remember the graphics. I mean, they're, you know, they're sprite graphics. I don't right. I don't remember them being particularly impressive, but Yeah. They're, they're pixelated. They're, they're definitely like your character everything feels small. Yes. You know, like it's not uh it's it's small in the same way that um like like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, like remember how there's just kind of like a lot going on on the screen in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So like it's not as cluttered as that, but it feels like it's at a similar scale. Like yeah. you have a tiny little like I don't even know like eight by eight pixel character or uh-huh. something, uh, which leaves a lot of room for the environments that you're in to feel sort of like big and vast, and you have to navigate them or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it is all made again with all the, like the original considerations for how many sprites you can have on a line uh-huh. and color palettes and all right. that stuff, which is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Um, do you know, did he actually have like a, like a Nintendo dev kit or something that approximated it? I think he was actually using FCUX, oh, okay. the emulator thing okay. uh, to debug the NES's process of drawing stuff to the screen, which is really interesting to me. So like, Maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, in the process, like the the NES has to construct the display pixel by pixel and it has to be sent to the display uh-huh. to the screen or whatever. Uh, and because, I mean, it's, it's an NES, it's not that powerful. It basically only has so much processing time right. before the screen is ready to update and it needs that picture. So if you break it down, you can actually represent each like clock tick basically for the processor huh. on the on the Nintendo in terms of how many pixels the screen has time to draw. Oh, interesting. So you can be like, oh, like I need to update the position of every falling drop of water on the screen. And while it's doing that, it draws like 16 pixels. Uh-huh. And then I have to update, I have to like do the hit detection for the edges of the, the character and the platforms or whatever. And that takes another like 50 pixels. And so by the time it gets down to the end, you basically you don't have any time to do any more processing. Otherwise the display starts fucking up because it's, it's like getting cut in with stuff that's half hmm. finished or whatever. He had a whole post about like what that process was like. Kind that's of like interesting. Profiling that. And I guess the emulator makes that really easy to, okay. to pin down what's huh. taking up all your time. That's cool. <laughs> Um, so I don't think we have a plan uh, for next week. We do not. Uh, I think it's my my choice. Yeah. So I'll I'll figure that out. Um, we are pending. 
approval on iTunes. Oh, actually, we have good news about that. Oh, it was approved. Yay! <laughs> so we're officially on iTunes. We are now um, available on iTunes. So please, by all means, uh, give us good or give us constructive feedback. Yes. Uh, please download those. I don't. And... I don't actually know how the rate is. It stars. I don't actually know how it works. Uh, give us the most stars. Yeah, give us the, and the best up. reviews. Please give us like and a subscribe. Um, <laughs> All that good stuff. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. <laughs> tell your neighbors' friends. Yeah, and we'll we'll post uh, links yes. to where you can do that on yep. this thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you around next time. See you next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>